0: Joining us now at our studios, Northfield's uh, Police Chief, Mark Elliott. Chief, thank you so much for coming in. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, listeners. You're you're bailing me out here. (laughs) I was supposed to have a senator, but uh, evidently not. Senators have busy schedules. Yes, they do. Uh, yeah, the line was busy the whole time. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the things that are going on with the uh, police department. I guess we can start off with, you know, we, we've we mentioned that policy manual uh, in the past. Uh, and You were talking about getting it online so people can see. I understand that is online now.
1: It is. Last week uh, we put out a press release that we now had it published online. Mm -hmm. Um, As I've mentioned before, our police policy manual is a living document. Um, As we um, move through changes in society, as there's changes in laws, case law changes, that policy manual gets constantly updated. Um, But we've taken the version that we have right now, which is uh, 150 plus policies, and they are posted online for anybody to see, so they can see how we respond, how we... um, take care of the calls and the work
0: that that we do mm-hmm. now uh, as i recall they had uh... there was a task force last year that uh... was set up to uh, work on that and check all the policies and everything they've done their work and this is uh... what the policies are now then. yeah
1: we spoke uh, about that before mm-hmm. and uh... It, our policy manual review really started uh back in April of 2020 when we um, saw a need to update the policy manual and um, we looked at having uh, Lexapol help us with that. Um, They have a Minnesota model policy uh, manual and we started on that, did an internal review of those and then uh, we had about... 35 to 40 policies that we had the uh, Policy Task Force made up of citizens, community members uh, review those policies that had a nexus to the police reform Mm -hmm. um, discussions that were going on at the time so uh, we made sure we covered those policies and then made some changes in those and integrated those into our policy manual Um, and that policy manual will continue to be updated um, in fact, we're looking at some policies this week that we probably need to update based on uh, some recent Supreme Court decisions.
0: All right. Let's uh, move on to another thing that I wanted to talk about. Is uh, We haven't talked too much about the community crime map. And this is I want to say interactive. I don't know if interactive would be the right term, but this is something that the uh, the citizens of Northfield can uh, can look at and use. Yeah, and that the community
1: crime map. Um, it's an opportunity for citizens to see what is happening in our community. Um, it, for the police department, we're really excited about it. It's an opportunity for us to be um, transparent and to share information. You know, we certainly feel that an informed community is a safer community when they see and know what's going on around them. So this community crime map is a tool offered by uh, Lexis when um, We partnered with them um, in order to put all of our calls for service on a map. So folks can go to the website. That police policy manual is on our mm-hmm. city website. But the community crime map also. Just scroll down the left side of the police page and you'll see the link for it. You can go to that. Um, folks can go in there and it's very interactive. They can um, choose what type of crimes they want, what time frame they want to look at on this map, and they'll populate. There's very limited information, just limited public information on there, such as addresses, you know, such as the 500 block of division, there was a theft report or something like that. So um, people's private information isn't put on there or anything like that. This is all what um, the state of Minnesota deems as public information. Um, so that's all on there. Folks can go on there. They can sign up for alerts. Um, up on the top right corner of the page, there's a link to sign up, and they can sign up for alert- alerts. So, like, you can put in your home address, um, pick an area of, say, one mile within your home uh, or from your home address, and pick the types of crimes you want to be alerted about, and it'll send you an alert. Um, You can set that up to get it once a week, daily, um, whatever you want uh, on there, and uh, be as informed as you like. I know I had an opportunity to talk about this before, and um, I had a a realtor comment on that Mm -hmm. that you know when they're showing homes constantly, people want to know what what's the crime like in the neighborhood, and this is just a great tool for them, um, for other businesses as well, and then for our community members.
0: Yeah, to be aware of what's going on, you know, in your own neighborhood. So it's a good thing to just sign up over that. Uh, I was trying to think of the program, the alert system that you had had before and what the name of it was. I want to say Evergreen or something. Everbridge. Everbridge so, and it. that we use for like current evolving alerts
1: mm-hmm. um, and weather alerts. We had some weather move through last night mm-hmm. and you can sign up to be uh, alerted on that. This is a little different than that. Um, it's not an up to the minute type thing. All of our crimes are loaded in there daily, mm-hmm. but there's about a two or three day delay before they
0: make it into that system. Mm-hmm. Alright. Uh, once again, police chief mark elliott is with us Uh, we were talking before we went on the air here about identity theft and uh, that is a crime that seems to be on the rise uh, all of a sudden
1: yeah you know we talked about a little bit and it is um i don't know so much that it's like a big spike or a difference we've seen it throughout the pandemic maybe on a little higher level um than what we saw before this um and you know there's a lot of these thieves. They're they're playing on people's insecurities, um, and really trying to get them to share information in an expedient manner. And what we try to always tell people, from a f- prevention measure, is if a bank, the Social Security Department some county with a warrant for you has information they're not going to need immediate response from you Um, if you have someone from your bank say call and say they're trying to verify information or you get a text message or an email about that take your own time Get a hold of the bank the way you normally would, or the business the way you normally would, go to their website, and then you can be sure that you're contacting who you feel comfortable is a representative of that bank instead of talking to the person on online. Um some of them have come through that you have a warrant for your arrest, you need to clean clear this up. Um police departments aren't gonna contact you in that in that manner. <laughs> Um, they'll send you notification by mail first um, and then they'll also uh not, never ever ask for you to pay it in gift cards <laughs> so <laughs> or bank cards um, yeah government they trust cash so okay. um you know cash bail cash bonds th- things like that so um if someone is saying go to Walmart and pick up a, a $100 gift card to pay uh, your your bill to pay your warrant—that's uh, not how we do things. So that should be a clue right there that something isn't legitimate.
0: I've had a couple of those calls myself that left a message and thought, "What? <laughs> this, this? I mean, this is not even a good scam. <laughs> it, it, it sounds pretty, uh, pretty bogus yeah, to begin with. But but I guess some people can be can be fooled by it if you're not uh, more familiar with uh, some of the circumstances. And you know, I get to talk to people like you all the time.
1: And and it's really tough for us to investigate these because so many of them are originating outside of the U.S., um, so it makes it real tough for us to do some follow-up and to have some enforcement on that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are local, and we're able to follow up on those, but but very, very few. Most of them come from overseas. Um, so we work with our federal partners on that. Folks can always go to the IC3.gov site and report any online fraud. So if you get an email of some online fraud, you think it's fraud, go to that IC3.gov
0: site, and you can report it directly into there. hmm All right. Uh, Police Chief uh, uh, Mark Elliott is with us right now. Uh, The governor has uh, lifted the mask mandate. You know, we're we're both sitting here without masks on, which is kind of a good feeling. And fully, uh, uh, we have fully vaccinated, full vaccination that has uh, taken effect now. Uh, But what, you know... how do you know somebody has a? If they don't have a mask, if they're vaccinated, is there is there any gray area as far as the uh, enforcement of this goes? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up,
1: Jeff. Um, we've got a lot of questions on mm-hmm. that, and folks are how do we know and can we ask people? Um, well, private businesses can run their business the way they they choose to, um, and they can require masks because that's a, a question we've got from several people too. Is um, the governor said. I don't have to mask, but this business says I do. Well, it's a private space. Private business, even if they're open to serve the public, they can still have mandates within their business. So Mm -hmm. um, private businesses, private places, organizations can still mandate masks inside their spaces. Um, The uh, executive order covers uh, that businesses can do that. Also, you have to wear masks inside uh, school settings. Uh, k 12 school and child care settings um, and then in healthcare care settings as well um, and there's a variety of reasons for that health care obviously we want to continue to keep people safe there and there may be more vulnerable people there in the schools until recently um, those under sixteen haven't been eligible for vaccinations and even now it's only to twelve so we want to try to keep those children safer um, but the As far as checking, um, that's up to businesses. Um, Mm -hmm. The guidance from MDH and CDC is that if you know you're fully vaccinated and the people you're with are vaccinated, you don't need to mask. Mm -hmm. Um, So a little bit just relying on people to take care of their neighbors, which I've mentioned before. Very thankful that we have that here in Northfield. People really do care about their neighbors, um, and so I think it's appropriate that if people are uncomfortable, that they just ask who they're meeting with to mask. And so far, we haven't seemed to run into any problems with
0: that. Uh, good to hear. You know, last night I was having a conversation with uh, some people at a at a small gathering with uh, without masks, on, which was kind of nice. Everybody was vaccinated, but uh, we were talking about the uh, the card, the vaccination card. You get a card if you've been vaccinated twice, and uh, you'll need to keep that with you in case you need a, a booster shot later on down the line. But uh, do, do, is, uh, do people have the right, do businesses uh, have the right to ask you uh, to see the card, to see if you have been uh, vaccinated twice? So the businesses can ask. You mm-hmm. don't have to show it. Okay, that, that's, that's
1: your personal right. You decide that. Um, and people can make that decision, whether they want to patronize that business, whether they feel comfortable showing their card, mm-hmm. or maybe they don't. Um, feel comfortable with that and then they just need to make a choice whether they're going to go there or not Um, on the city level the city council um, this past week uh, decided to move forward with in-person meetings for boards and commissions and get people back um, meeting and having that accessibility to have a a public meeting and the public can come to it Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to follow our best guidelines and separate people by distance and, and that type of thing. Um, but we're not going to ask to see anybody's card as they come into city buildings.
0: Okay. Uh, if, uh, let's say, a business were to do that and the person refused to, which they have every right, can they be refused entry? Is yes, that, they can. They can be. Okay. Yep. So it is within the business owner's rights to, uh, to refuse that.
1: It is. And we mm-hmm. talk about trespassing or get calls on that at, at different times that a business has a rule or just doesn't want a person there. And they can do that as their business right. We certainly caution people that there could be um civil um penalties for them mm-hmm. <laughs> or um <laughs> if they do that yeah follow, obviously sure. and you know we want people to be welcoming we don't want anybody to and and there are laws that govern that for businesses that are open they can't make those decisions based on um people's race religion mm-hmm. sexual orientation things like that those are protected um And health information, um, obviously, is protected information, too. But um, when we're in the middle of a pandemic, if a business feels it's best for their employees, best for their customers to make sure people are masked um, or to be vaccinated, and they can ask for that, and it's up to that individual whether they want to comply with that. But they need to comply with the the business's rules. Mm-hmm. So if they say, that's fine, you don't have to show up, but you can't come in, people need to abide by that.
0: Alright. Uh, once again, Police Chief uh, Mark Elliott is with us right now. Anything else you'd like to uh, mention while we have you on the air?
1: Just briefly, you know, we had some bad weather come through mm-hmm. um, last night. Uh, pretty close to here. A few tornadoes spotted in Wasika Steel and some in Rice County here. Mm-hmm. Um, right off 35. So our initial reports are no injuries. Um, some minor property damage. Of course, the National Weather Service will be out in the daylight today surveying that and uh, making a determination exactly uh, of the damage and what type of storm or what level of tornadoes came through. Um, On the rain front, we've gotten a fair amount of rain over the last 48 hours, Um, but uh, we're sitting pretty good as far as floods. That's always a concern here in town, Um, but uh, it was pretty dry before this, so the The ground had a lot of uh, room for saturation. Mm -hmm. uh, Hopefully we don't uh, continue to get the volume that we've been seeing and that it stays uh,
0: relatively low. Um, But right now we don't have any immediate concerns for that. Uh, Concerns, though, uh, about fire. Damage in, in some areas as well because it has been so dry up until now. Is uh, is there still some concern about uh, fires and uh, potential uh, you know hazards there?
1: Yeah, it has been it has been dry, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the um, fuel is still dry, even with a little bit of rain that's Mm -hmm. come through. Um, So we still have some concerns with that, although it is pretty wet out there right now. So we're feeling pretty comfortable with it, but we still want people to be cautious if they're thinking about burning. They need to check with their local fire officials.
0: All right, Chief Elliott, thank you so much for coming in today. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Have a great day. (laughs) You too. Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. You're listening to 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN, Northfield